Welcome to another episode of Spoil Radio. I'm Reese, and this is Dan. I'm hungry. I'm Declan. <laughs> yes. Um, I'll do the the uh, the standards in the in the start. Uh, spoiler warning: We spoil uh, films in these reviews. Uh, this week we're doing the Phantom Fred thread. Fred, Phantom Fred. Fred I've been to drop wait, Fred. Way too, way too much Harry <laughs> Potter, man. <laughs> Still coming out of that Harry Potter world. The Phantom Thread. Um, uh, bit of a uh, quick plug. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Neon Radio YouTube channel for your spoiler-free censored reviews. Um, you can watch this with anyone, guys. Follow us on Instagram, Neon Radio Reviews. You can find us at Facebook and Twitter by typing in Neon Radio. All right, let's get into this. Mm. Phantom Thread. Daniel Day-Lewis, 2017. Paul Thomas Anderson. Big for Freaking me. Freaking awesome. Yeah, this is, this, is, <laughs> this is Declan's jam. Hey, did, just, uh, did I get you into PTA from watching There'll yeah, Be Blood? Yeah, you did, actually. You, yeah. yeah, you showed me There'll Be Blood. No, did you show me it or did I watch it on my own? I think I did. I remember things of that. And then we watched The Master. I think I watched him. I think you told me to watch him. Yeah. And then I went and watched him. It's yeah. incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I, I watched There Will Be Blood in the cinemas with my dad. How, how intense is it? Eh? We loved it, man. We walked yeah. out, we're like, fucking hell. Yeah. That was know, amazing. I know, we're not, I know we're not doing that movie, but it's it's kind of funny how like that movie really didn't win anything except yeah. for cinematography and acting at the Oscars. And it, it lost it's to No ridiculous. Country for All Men, which is a good movie. But oh, maybe yeah. retros- retrospectively, yeah. There Will Be Blood might be... The superior, the one that yeah. sort of stood the test of time a bit more in terms of things to unlock from it, yeah. Which is sort of the movie that it is anyway, but for sure, it's interesting that it won for cinematography. Like cinematography is amazing, but I think No Country for Old Men, like Roger Deakins, kills it in that movie. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, he's fantastic. I-, I will say this: this movie here, Phantom Thread, looks amazing. The look of it. Yeah. This may be. In my, I forgot how good this. And movie no, de- looked. no official DOP, just, just Paul Thomas him, Anderson yeah, and his it. and his crew. He said yeah, everyone yeah. said it was him, but he said, "Look, it's me and a team. It's not I'm yeah, not yeah. the only one doing stuff." It but. had, um, it had a, a in some scenes like a Joker look. A little, but not yes and no. But no, uh, I, I like how they the the color palette and all the detail that went into the the production well, to maybe, make it all um, match. Maybe this movie came out before Joker, so maybe Joker yeah, had true. a little bit <laughs> from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's true, <laughs> man. But I just like how they yeah, just joke. They chose every. They <laughs> chose everything. Even um, Daniel Day Lewis's red socks. Doesn't matter where he was. It just fit in every single scene because yeah. the color was complementary to you know to to what was also on well, the screen. I sent you guys that BTS, and it's like it's oh, yeah. pretty hectic. The level of de- the level of attention that was paid to every yeah. single part oh, of the set and everything. It's insane. Well, even that you know they were looking into those lenses and they were trying like ten or fifteen different lenses yeah. in yeah. different areas and yeah, that's that's a lot of attention. The freedom you get when you've made. Like movies like him and the yeah. studio just goes, what do you want? <laughs> but the funny thing is it's freedom, but if you look at the budget for the actual film, that's but very I, small. That's I yeah. think that's his, because I remember Kevin Smith saying this, I think that's his own choice. Maybe mm. the reason he's never done a blockbuster is he knows that if he does a small budget and at least makes the money back, he'll, he'll keep his job forever. Maybe that as well yeah. as he squeezes every dime out. That's he, true. He makes yeah. sure to, to be yeah. as creative as possible. Yeah. Which having that as like a... a, a a mark, a benchmark, yeah, uh, keeps you accountable. But yeah, second, his second uh, most expensive movie ever. Bef- oh, behind, really? There will be yeah. blood. Surely was the other. No, nah. the master. No, nah. boogie nights. No, nah. Jesus. 
Magnolia. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Just because there's so many actors in it, I'm uh, guessing. Okay. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, Magnolia. 37 million Magnolia, 35 million this movie. Wow. That's still so that's cheap. That's insane. like a movie being made for $37 million in this day that's age ridiculous. is crazy. That's like, that's nearly a one episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It is. So, I mean, that, it is ridiculous. Also, the thought that that means that there will be blood is cheaper than $35 that's in, million. That's crazy. Yeah, man. <laughs> How does that happen? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but the thought that that's less than thirty-five million. I mean, the bowling alley alone. Oh. <laughs> I know they would have just found a house with one. I but the master was cheaper because I know when they did the master, they got those seventy mil cameras, those old school ones. Yeah, because yeah. he said he went into the warehouse at. I can't remember the production company he worked for. Declan, that's half the budget, man. <laughs> I know, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like he went in there, and that, and he because he talked about how he wanted to shoot it old. Yeah. yeah, and the the producers are like, "Oh, what are you looking at?" And he said he just looked at these massive. He goes, "What are they?" <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, they're the old seventy mils." And he was like, "Yep, I want to do it on that." And they were like, "No, please, we can another camera. Like, they're so expensive." Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> he did a Tarantino on them. Yeah, um, let's just have quick, well, you know, first thoughts. You got a haircut, mate. <laughs> looking, looking nice and just noticed. <laughs> did you did you like that little? Uh, Stoppage time there. Yes, no one can see it at all. You're looking quite handsome, my friend. Well, thank you, Dan. <laughs> can I know what you think about the Phantom Thread now? Uh, okay. Initial thoughts. Phantom Thread. Um, before the podcast, I was just saying I could just. Did you watch... get a haircut as well? No, no I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even have to cut my hair because I just wear a hat all the time anyway. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I could watch Daniel Day Lewis twenty four seven. Man, just see him act. Especially, especially in this movie, he's just such a. He's a dick. He's a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, but he's just so good. You just look at him and go, man, this guy. Just stand in front of the camera and just act, and you can just just watch it. You, you know really I mean? do get lost yeah. watching him. You forget yeah. a Stanley Dallas when you're watching him sometimes, even though he's this massive force. Yeah, and I like got... I couldn't help myself. I was chuckling through this whole movie. Just how much of a cock yeah. he was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ren- Reynolds Woodcock. Yeah, yeah, Woodcock, yeah. Um, <laughs> Even his moment where he's like, you have small breasts. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. fucking hell. But I, like, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's and then he said, if I choose, I, I can choose to make yeah, them bigger. It's my one. job yeah. to give you some. Yeah. And he yeah. Goes, if I choose to. Yeah. But I like the whole the the whole thoughts on, uh, you know, when you know, when our girlfriends or, you know, wives can't buy dresses for weddings and stuff, you know, these... They go, it's one occasion, buy something. It's like, fuck, he's just going to wear that once, you know? But after watching this movie, you go, man, oh, it's a movie, but girls get a lot of confidence from wearing something and making themselves looking better. And that's one of the themes that came across to me in this movie So is the, is the way that females can buy, well, males too, they can buy like a really expensive dress and feel like they're another person. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool. Well, the the confidence that one garners from being dressed well, yeah, uh, particularly isn't yeah, something to be undermined. Particularly yeah. that when this movie set in the fifties during hort culture, yeah, 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 which is big, which was big time, yeah. for looking your best, yeah. You like everyone? How ridiculously dressed is he? Just in his pajamas, he's got oh, like a suit yeah. on, yeah, it does, hectic. <laughs> and there was a, there was an actual change at the end. When yeah. they mentioned the word chic, and he goes, "What the yeah, fuck, fuck is chic?" Is that yeah. Yeah. Word. So he that angry. dirty, that dirty little that word. <laughs> what, what does it even mean? <laughs> uh, and that's when uh, um, Alma walks in behind him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a, that was intense. 
Because it wasn't about that. Nah. It was about yeah. his problems with me. Yeah. Cool. Declan, yeah. I, know, I know we'd probably don't need <laughs> to say anything, but... No, I love, yeah, I love this. I love anything that Paul Thomas Anderson does. Yeah. Um, well, anything he's done so far, I won't just blindly say I love everything. Mm. Um, this, I think probably like in his work of things, I think The Master is probably his best movie in terms of like how it'll be remembered and examined in the yeah. years to come. But for me, sort of, if I was to, if just if I was just wanted to watch a Paul Thomas Anderson movie and I wasn't in a particular focusing mood i would say probably this and boogie nights would be the easiest yeah. two to digest of they're definitely movies. the easiest two yeah. there will yeah. be blood is an, an easy sit and no. i also think that inherent vice is by far his hardest sit. Oh, i don't think i'll watch that movie a second time i love it but it's in, oh, yeah. it's so that was my least favorite yeah well he, he went for he definitely went for something there yeah. like he I just think went, probably experimenting he was really? experimenting yeah. for sure yeah. and i think he was just having fun with all those actors over in and he yeah. basically just go and do what you want and yeah. I'll film it kind of thing. It was yeah. really hard to com- like completely understand what he was going for, honestly. Yeah. But he was going for a movie that didn't have a classic three-act structure and he was trying to mimic what it's like actually following a case where you just get different leads all the time chasing you in different directions. That's yeah. what he was doing. Mm. Crazy. Mm. Uh, well, I think just generally like, I mean, Phantom Thread, I remember watching this at the Dendy. Is it the Dendy? Yeah, yeah. In Newtown with Declan. And on a tiny, tiny screen. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like as you said. It was a 20-seat cinema. Was, was it yeah. full? Was it? No. Nah. Nah, there was, it was like five of us in there. There's <laughs> two old people behind us. Yeah, and they were like so shocked that we were there to watch this movie. Yeah. They were like, uh, oh, what are you, like people our age. We were just like, this, this, this is fucking Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> 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 Paul Thomas Anderson. It's, it's, it's a bunch of film geeks really coming like, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. guys are the ones that don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I remember watching this at the Dendy and... and walking out and being perplexed as mm. to what I saw. Because I'd seen a Paul Thomas Anderson movies before, mm. but more so the uh, the fact that it felt like a character piece. This does feel like the Joker before the Joker yeah. in its own right in, yep. in a completely other world. Mm. Mm. But And it's because it's so focused on one character mainly. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, just on that, it sort of did remind me as well it's like Joker mixed with Roma, if that makes sense. Kind of, mm. but Roma is more fluid. Yeah, I know what you mean, but like it's it just had that silent character. Yeah, I get what study. you mean. Yeah, you to, yeah. I haven't seen Roma. Well, it's, it's worth a watch. Yeah. Movie, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, this movie is like I don't know. In a weird way, it's close to me, and it's weird because as much as this guy's a dick, <laughs> I can kind of relate to moments of him. <laughs> Like maybe that's the narcissism in myself, yeah. but it's true. Everyone's got that in them, though. Yeah, there's that little bit like the scraping of the bread moment. Yeah, it pisses you off. It's pissing me. I wouldn't say anything in the moment like he does. But Even chewing. Oh, it's annoying. Yeah, yeah. The I have I know people who instead of chewing like they go, and I yeah. fucking hate that. Like I can't <laughs> stand it. <laughs> but, but yeah, like even that, like moments like that in the movie, I'm like, God damn it! Why do I? Why do I? you know, feel close to this dude. Like, yeah, why, yeah. why that's do why I relate? I, that's why I was chuckling through. I was like, oh, I'll do that. Oh, I'll do that too. Oh. You make heaps of noises. Yeah, I do. <laughs> when you oh, eat. Have you, never, have, you never been, have you sat next to this guy in silence for like five minutes? He's just next to him at the desk every day and he'd be like, he'd eat something and then like five minutes later he'd go, oh, that, 
That was too too much salt. That was too salty. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, remember last week? Last week we had Chico's and I had a soft drink and I was just going, Every time I have a soft drink, I get heaps phlegmy. I don't know why. Shit. The action of it. I don't usually have soft drink because of that. Ah, too salty. And actually, if you you hear me uh, sleeping like this, it's because I have a chai every morning on this. podcast oh, you know. <laughs> good to know I that's, do it. that's <laughs> one thing that's one thing that i'm jealous of in this movie that fucking breakfast bread man <laughs> oh. that's incredible yeah. the first one like where they're at the what the, no the, the whole the, what everything that's just on the every table. time and yeah. like, he's like got eggs and sausages and stuff and the next thing there's freaking like danishes coming out i'm like yeah. this is oh. but he's a hungry boy he's a hungry boy i'm a hungry boy fucking share some bro <laughs> <laughs> It, it is true. I like. I like how when the when he first meets Alma, oh, uh, which yeah. I think we can get into it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he first meets Alma, she knew she was gonna. He and he's gonna like, he's like, you know, poached eggs. <laughs> it just keeps yeah, going. Bacon. Too, yeah, when, I sausage, to it, when I listened yeah. to it this time, Fuck I was like, hell. it's not too dissimilar to just getting a big breakfast at a cafe, though. Yeah, it isn't. But, but, it but they, back in the day, they just didn't put it all in one little convenient yeah. menu order. Yeah, but, but the way they dragged it out, I was yeah, like, Fuck, this guy's felt a like forever. And then, like, yeah, I mean, like moments like that. The cool things in this movie is when he—it's not that; it's the moment where he goes, "Now give me the, let me see." Yeah, and he's like, "Can you remember? Let me yeah. keep it." Yeah, that that type of thing is the cool moments oh. in yeah. this movie. Like, and the uh, fact that he's attracted to her because she's not perfect when she first yeah. walks through, she sort of trips. Yeah. yeah, he makes eye contact with her. And that's what makes him like her. Yeah. See, I thought I because thought... she's sort of the opposite to him, and she sort of like brings him back down to earth. As well as he sees these beautiful women every day yeah. come through his door that are perfect. Yeah, exactly. So I saw it. He like sees it. her as a new canvas, a perfect canvas. No, yeah, no, he sees sure. her. I think he sees her as a canvas. He can perfect. He can make perfect. Ah, uh, that's a good take. Yeah. I never yeah. thought of it that way. Yeah. yeah. But also. He hundred percent has a mother complex. Oh, oh my god, yeah, man! That's, yeah, why, that's why she takes care of him. That's why he's attracted to her, taking care yeah. of him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he tries to. Yeah. And that that, that oh. sorry, that scene with the horror, the, the mother, yeah. it's scary. It's borderline horror movie. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, really creepy. Well, I was weird, man. Because it goes like quiet, <laughs> and there's like the music's like yeah. in the background. And you're like, yeah, I'm waiting for it. Where's the where's the fucking where's Babushka or whatever her name on the top of the fucking closet door, man? Yeah, man. I'm just waiting oh, for it. Bashiba. Bashiba, yeah, Bashiba. Yeah. yeah. That was framed so well too, the two doors on either side and Yeah. And she walks good. in and just doesn't even notice her. No. Well that's his yeah, it's his delusion. Yeah. But like he, I know thinking about that, you're being like that actress is actually there and she's just walking around. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty it's like yeah, it's um there's it's a lot of cool moments in it, this movie that Oh, how's Happen his like that, freaking dude. sister, man? Oh, how good is that? How good, good is um the actress? Yeah, oh yeah, she's, she's a cold hard biatch, but so I good. Actually, I actually Leslie think Manville. I actually think that she is just keeping him in check. In check. Yeah. And then she, I think she actually does grow fond of Alma when she says that to yeah. him. She says, "I've grown fond of her," yeah. and he gets the shits. But mm. I think she has. I think she quite likes the fact that Alma yeah stands aground. Cyr- Cyril's ground. also like a, like she's over having to kick the next woman out yeah, yeah of yes. the house. Mm. And when it gets to the point where you see that Alma is actually a, a fine fit for him mm. in in regards, uh, I think she's like I'm standing my ground with this as well. Even her, and that's why when it gets to that point at the end where you know he's having that that thing about the whole what is the word. 
that he hates. Sheik. Sheik. Sheik, yeah. And he, she lets Alma like stay there. She doesn't yeah. say anything. She because, lets her hear it. Yeah. yeah, she's like, "This is the shit I hear all the time." Yeah. Thank you, you know? Alma. Thank you. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does he say? He's like, "Look at you two being so agreeable." Yeah, I know. I... <laughs> yeah, he feels like he's been slighted, but the thing is that he's never been slighted in his life. No, he's very looked after. Yeah, yeah. and he, he... such a weird character, and also, also always thinks he's someone's after him. Yeah. The whole scene where he's sitting there with the asparagus in front of him and he's like, I feel like I'm behind enemy lines. Oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. what am I doing here? Am I in the battlefield? has been broken and he's yeah. like, what about... That's a... That's a <laughs> she prepared it That's a really butter. good... Yeah. That's a really good take on, on that situation because I don't know, I feel other directors or other writers will, will make that part of the story completely different mm. where he... Where PTA made it... It's an attack... Yeah. yeah, on 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 uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Well, I thought it was freaking incredible. He had the idea for this movie, like the original thought of it, because he had a bad flu. Yeah, and he's um he was like in bed sick, and he said that his his I think I don't think they married his partner looked at him in a way that she hadn't looked at him in like <laughs> ten yeah. years or something. Yeah, because she was taking care of him and all yeah. that. And he said that's where the idea started. She had up. not looked at him with such tenderness and love in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you and you should see, you should hear him tell that story yeah. in like Q and A's. Everyone pisses himself laughing. Yeah, because yeah. his his partner is true, um, yeah. is uh, Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph is that yeah. her name? I think she's in um, Bridesmaids. The oh, the, the, the woman that's actually the one getting married. She was on SNL. She's you'd know her face if you saw yeah. her. He's been. He's got like five kids. I've been here for a while. Fuck out. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know she is. Yeah. What you look like? Um. God damn it. Good. Good content for the people. I know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Looking uh, IMDb. That's Mayor Rudolph. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I, it's funny. Like throughout this whole film, uh, there was. It's less of a film that I find I'm trying to dissect when it comes to its themes or things, but. Because they're so blatantly obvious, mm. I think. Yeah, like I we, think there's a little bit... I think there is more to dig into yeah. in terms of the mother complex and things like mm. that. Though. Well, yeah, as well as like the whole... The quote-unquote phantom thread. Mm. Yeah. You know, the analogy of sewing in... And yeah. Uh, what, what's your... Uh, sewing in what's meaning? What's your take on the princess's uh, word? Um, never cursed. Never cursed, yeah. Um, he cared for her throughout all... Yeah. Of, he has that moment. Well, I feel that's why she got threat. Um, Alma got threatened, but otherwise, it just had never cursed. I thought. Oh. I think he thinks he's cursed. <clears throat> he thinks she's cursed. He thinks he's cursed. Oh, he's cursed. I wouldn't be surprised with his th- yet again. If you're going back to the mother complex, yeah, he mm. always feels like he's because he talks about if you if you're a, an unmarried woman and you make a wedding dress, you get cursed. Yeah, that's right. Early on. That's true. Ah. He, everything there's everything that he says. He he has that moment where he's like, when it comes to a wedding dress, they think that everything is is a is a problem. Oh, he doesn't say it in this. Does he say it in this? He goes, when it comes to a wedding dress, yeah. everyone everything yeah. they think that everything was when, like when, scary. When, when Alma goes to his house for the first time, yeah, yeah they said he like, talks about the dress. If he even touched, some people think that if they even touch it, yeah. they'll be marrying a bald man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he yeah. does say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I never I never knew that one. That's another superstition. Yeah. But that type of thing, maybe that is a part of it. That idea of putting this on is the never cursed. Yeah. But I can see the Or maybe the it's idea his take of, on don't believe in superstitions. 
I yeah, think maybe because he's sort of against him, but he's also like that. Seems also an interesting one when he does talk to Alma about that stuff because he's saying he's putting up this real tough front, and mm. she just goes like, "I don't think you're really that tough. I think you just pretend to be." And yeah. he gets the shits, and she just goes, "Yeah, you're like, you're not really that tough." And he kind of like doesn't know what to say then. Yeah. Mm. Um. So he, yeah, it's he's he's interesting because that never goes. That's not like. Maybe he thinks he's cursed for touching so many wedding dresses and things like that. Yeah. Mm. It's oh. Projection more yeah. than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that, the projection of like... Because she takes it out, doesn't she? She rips it out of the line. Yeah. 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 Or is that just him saying that the princess never cursed and Alma's trying to take it out to curse that girl because she feels threatened by it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, that could that be a good take. I don't know yeah. if she actually takes it out though. We see her... She rips it off. Yeah, she rips it off. Does she? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, she t- she rips it off, yeah, then I that guess... That makes sense because then she poisons him as well. Like, it's absolutely twice, fucked, actually. Yeah. Like, Alma's like... She's, she's been it, weird. Borderline it. not a good human ever no. as well. well she, <laughs> yeah, well, she's the she's the unstoppable force that Reynolds makes she's obsessed. to bring him back down to Earth. Yeah. Do you? What, how did you find the because your first time watching it yeah. Reese and I'd seen it before the poisoning yeah uh, the first time or the second time just either time the first time I thought fuck this chick's psychotic <laughs> um, but then you see why she does it it does make him a better man for like you know a few days a week yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it got weird because it was like you know when she met that doctor character and there was a bit of flirting there do you know who he is in real life by no. the way Brendan Gleeson's other son. Oh, really? Don wow. Gleeson's brother. I mean, that, that whole Don't family's Don't check that talented. if you want, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Because he looks more like... Uh, yeah, the dad, Gleeson, yeah. He's yeah. got that ch- mm. more chubby features. He sounds... He's got a cool sounding voice. Yeah, he does. And he's charming. Yeah. Um, And then his mother was telling uh, Woodcock, saying he's just full on bagging his wife out. And he didn't do anything the whole time. He just listened. Yeah. Then, she, then he slaughters her in backgammon. She gets pissed off, makes a scene. He was that, a dick in that scene. Yeah, he was. Yeah, oh. you can see he's just transforming back. But then the second poisoning, I'm like, she puts a lot of mushrooms in the yeah. Too. He, he, he got that too. But at that in that little montage she's got section, a fucking thimble in the first one. Yeah. <laughs> that montage section actually that shot that scene is shot really really well. And the lighting's so damn good. Yeah, like the mix of the blues and the yellows again. But uh, you know when he takes that first bite, he knows what it is. Yeah. He sees her do it and it's like, okay, why did he Cause he's, that's, do that? It's no, him to make himself a better person, yeah? He's in on the... He hates being the way that he is, I think. Yeah. I think he hates putting up that front mm. and um, like having to be this cold-hearted person. He hates the fact that he gets angry about all these little things and that taking the mushroom mm. and poisoning him just brings him back down. Like she says, it makes him tender and open. Yeah. Like she, he accepts it. That's that's yeah. what their relationship. It's, it's a dark it's, twisted. He, he, there's yeah. so many. There are a lot of relationships out there where the like one person is dependent on the other for certain things that they themselves don't possess, and that's yeah. sort of just like a real dark twisted yeah. take on that. It's, you know? it's trippy but beautiful at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it, it's has an odd sense of like yeah, mm. a bittersweetness. Mm. And and even by the end of it though, I, I remember the first time watching it. I was like, so that just fucking happened. And then, you know what I mean? Like that was it. It was just yeah. that just happened. All right, okay. Yeah. He's down for being poisoned on the reg. Yeah. And one one <laughs> one thing in that scene that I'm going to mention as well, and it's actually a massive aspect of this movie we haven't touched on yet. The, the score making it that darker. Yeah, the man. score in this movie is yeah. so Amazing. fucking good. It, it changes to to a darker tone towards that the mid section. Yeah. yeah. 
um, John, Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. He does yeah. all Paul oh, Thomas. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. He's yeah. never done anything that classical before, though. Yeah, it's and so when, beautiful. Yeah, man. When um when he got asked to, he had the he was like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I definitely did write down a few things about the score and how it runs. Like it runs this gamut of being pretty uplifting, mysterious, horrific, mm. comforting. Yeah. You know, it's much like him as a character, very chaotic. Mm. Yep. You know, he he likes to be this per as you said he wants to be this person that is mm. a good person or a very least nice to people, mm. and he seems to do his better work when he does. He yeah. is that way, but he for some reason he keeps coming back down to being a wank. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Like yeah. Is some it, people is it- are hard to change. Like I guess we're all the same. There's things that I do that piss people off, and you go, "No, I shouldn't do it," and you don't do it for a while, then then subconsciously just comes through again i get it yeah, yeah for I sure think, i think also that i just think he's so dedicated to his work mm. and this has to be because daniel day lewis and paul thomas anderson wrote this together there's got to be some part of them especially from the daniel day lewis yeah. aspect of things mm. about how much they put into their craft and the toll that that takes on you as a human being like just yeah. giving yourself over to something so completely yeah that. Well, one of the and traits of that is what that you know he goes to bed at like you know midnight, wakes up at four a.m. Heaps of creatives do that. Yeah, and um, I think he's I think it's the best displayed about how much he cares about his dresses in mm-hmm. the scene. I can't remember the lady's name, but the one that's just like the drunk one that's the getting f- married to that dude. Yeah, the, the big lady, oh, the countess, he, oh, or something. That's such is. a fucking cool that's, scene. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> how he's just like <laughs> so he, he he can't stand to see his dress. Yeah, and yeah, I actually wrote a note yeah. on that because. She's spilling shit on it. And- <laughs> it's like, I want to give an example. I shouldn't really do it, but as a, as a wedding photographer, if there's, if there's a venue that I don't like or there's a vibe I don't like about... Location or people. Yep. I just flick it because for me, I call myself a creative. As a creative, I want to enjoy what I what I do. I don't well, want to get there and go, oh, fuck, what did I take this for? What you're doing is creative. In yeah. all retrospect, no matter what, even if it has a formula, yeah, it's still creative. Yeah, you try to put your own spin on things each time. Yeah, but you imagine, you know, it's like, you know, I used to have a day job before, and I used to hate being there. And my promise to myself was, I want to do something that I love doing. And I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm trying and to I- get into that transitionary phase yeah. now. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, you got to do it. Otherwise, you just get stuck, you know, doing a, something you don't like doing for the rest of your life. You're yeah. only here for a short amount of time. That's what I admire about Daniel Day Lewis because I think some of that part reflects in me, like how he is. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's good, man. It's a good movie. Well, that's why I do things like this. I love, I love doing these podcasts and the videos. And if I can make a career out of this, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah. I'd do this for the rest of my life easy. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, but oh, what are you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say this. You can see from Woodcock mm. yeah. how he gets up and does what he does. I don't think it's all a love thing. I think it is. He's genuinely good at what he does. Yeah, mm. but it's and he his toll. and he does. Yeah, it takes a toll on him. Just even physically. Yeah, you see him start to slouch more. You see mm. him start to become sterner. Mm. But I also think coming back to that mother complex and the fact that he used to do the work with her, mm. he feels attached and stuck to the ghost of his mother in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. and isn't it isn't it telling that when he sees the mother, she's in the dress that he made? For yeah, her? yeah. 
all yeah. the time. Strange. So, yeah. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. Weird. Just from that. Again, coming back to the creative thing, uh, and the mention of the chic word and all that stuff. I wonder if this movie kept playing out, you know, for a sequel or something. As a creative, if you'd, if you'd fail, because he, yeah, well, his designs seen, were becoming outdated. Yeah, that was yeah. the problem. Yeah, for me, he's a type of character that will just be too stubborn and just stick with his ways. He would, one hundred percent. But yeah. as as even creatives yourself, do you not kind of hate the word chic as well? You don't that really feeling hear, of you don't really much, hear yeah. the word chic too much well, in not, the film photography or well, maybe not yeah, maybe not that fashion, yeah. not the actual specific word itself but no yeah, but his, the concept his, his of the words word, are the idea annoying, of his the words that become annoying in the film production world is things when they go like oh what what LUTs do you use what that filters type of, that's using what I'm it's, like, it's yeah. like dude if you actually know what you're doing you should be able to just freaking do that yourself in a color grading thing yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear about the things you download and also when people go oh you do film stuff do you have a drone you drones. <laughs> but that's like, what I'm yeah. saying. That, yeah. Drones are the uh, easiest yeah. thing in the that, world to use. That's what I mean. It's yeah. it's less about. I'm I'm maybe I I misconstrued. I know what you're saying. Yeah, though, yeah but that's like the, the equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's more like what is the new fad? Yeah, is it's what a, they're yeah, saying. Fad. Yeah, exactly. And, and whenever you hear the new fad, unless unless it's something that actually enriches the process, yeah, it's great. But yeah. once it becomes, uh, once it becomes so a part of the zeitgeist, yeah, it becomes annoying. Mm. Like yeah. it's not fun anymore. And, like, <laughs> and, and, and really, realistically, like what you should look at with people that do any work, really, any work from any level, like like you want to look at dressmaking, bricklaying, mm. landscaping, anything. Someone who just has the fundamental skills to do a good job, yeah. not the sh- not the bells and whistles. It's yeah. if the brain and the hands behind yeah. what is happening are way more important than anything else. Your Correct. basic abilities yeah. and the quality of your basic abilities mm. are more important to whatever process you're doing yeah. than having mm. the the newest and greatest. Definitely for a brickmaker, you know. Uh, shovel or New whatever. Trowel. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not about it. <laughs> Where it's, and it's just like, it, it's like too this. often, too often in the world, we people listen to what people say rather than look at what they do. Mm. Like, how many times have you come across people that tell you they do all this stuff and then they get onto a job and you're just like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing at all. <laughs> like, this guy's yeah. useless. Yeah. <laughs> at the end yeah. of the day, you know, the old quote of, you know, it's not the size of the dick. It's how you make love. <laughs> it's how you fucking do it. Is that, you an, know? Old, is that an old quote? It used to be, well, it's not the size of, it's like, it's not the, size of the hammer. It's how you use it. I thought it. you were going to mention a shit joke then, but. I, I kind of twisted it into like, you know, it's not the size of the dick. It's how you, it's how you fucking make love. So it, it's the same thing though. It's like, yeah. it's just, it's, yeah. whatever you got there, it's, if you can make what you have work to the best of its ability. Yeah. Then, can I, um, yeah. I can do a bit of a sidetrack here, but you know how we were bagging out Ah, is it Deathly Hallows Part 1 where the camera's just erratically going through the forest? Yeah, it makes a fucking sense. And even in the... Is it the... Is it Half-Blood Prince when the Death Eaters show themselves in the real world? Uh, in the beginning? Uh, yeah. Yeah? And Dudley yeah. gets hammered. Yeah. And they're running oh, and the camera's Order erratic. The, the Dementors, you mean? Yeah, Dementors, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Order of the Phoenix, that one. Now, this isn't something that's going to be important for the next podcast, is it? No, no. Because I'm just looking apparent. at, um, just um, reminding me, I'm just looking at screenshots of, uh, of uh, the Phantom Thread. And there's a particular scene where Daniel Day-Lewis is riding in his little sports car. Mm. And the camera is... Mounted. Mounted on the back. It's amazing. And it's, it's, it's he's wobbly, but... I'm going to say, it's awesome. 
because it shows that he's erratic and he lives in that just literally bro. what i wrote was he drives like the devil yeah, yeah. But, like, but the thing is he's probably not even going that fast because it's a really wide angle yeah, shot yeah. and but it just d- makes it look you, faster did you also think this, this is the thought i have when i was watching it that the shots of the car when he's driving through the country and then when he's at this this snow resort in what i'm assuming oh. is austria or something yeah. or italy yeah. i was like fuck man pta should make a bond <laughs> like, yeah, man. Those, that, yeah. those some of the coolest things. Yeah. I was just yeah. like, fuck, imagine Bond like this, man. Yeah. <laughs> Where there's just a. It, he's all like a, he would need is a cameraman at <laughs> the front of a fucking car. He looked like oh, a retired Bond done. with his that little uh, that cap that he had, and he looks sick. And you I, think about the fact that 37 million you said this movie cost, <laughs> and fucking like he's getting shots like that. And I was just like, man, like, not like you do see, but I was like, this looks at least as cool as shit I've seen in Bond. Do you when know what you I mean? say like, yeah. Bond, the Spectre was like $200 million yeah, movie, insane, which is fucking crazy. What of that budget's got to go to marketing things like that though, yeah. right? Sure. Yeah, no, because the budget, that's the budget yeah, of the yeah. film. And then they add another 200 for marketing. That's and because whatever the budget of the film is, they say triple it. Plus they, they, they're traveling heaps though. That's as well, what it costs. Where this movie, they're basically in one yeah, if one you, part like movie. three locations. If you yeah. think about it, that movie, in all retrospect, would be closer to five or six hundred million dollars to completely bond. Do. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, no but, wonder they need to make a billion dollars these yeah. days. Yeah, but look, the opening scene of Spectre—that's incredible. That one shot. Yeah, it's great. No, I'm yeah. just saying, like, I'm just all saying, there. he'll never it's, do it. But I would like to see PTA do like yeah. a, like a Bond or something like that. Well, there's yeah. a few directors I'd like to see do Bond. As we said last time, I, I, we don't want to. We've got it from him now. But Nolan would have been a perfect candidate for Bond. Yeah. And he would have done it in his own way. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, Some, I wouldn't like asked, to see him do that, though. Someone's asked um, PTA if he would do, like, you know, like I think it was around, must have been after the Hyper Dark Knight when he was promoting Master or something like that. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, would you ever make a movie like The Dark Knight? You know, because that was when this discussion was going that, mm. you know, comic book movies were yeah, serious yeah, and all that. He, he said, I'd love to, but no one's asking me to do it. I can't believe Le- that he yeah, hasn't been no offered way. something like that before. Man, I, look, I'm put, I'm, <laughs> Imagine I'm, his version of a Joker. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm putting it out there. I reckon he's one of my favorite di- directors of all time. He's amazing. He's, yeah. he, and I think I, one of the reasons I sort of talk about him a lot more and things like that is because I just think that he's, he's just at that level below being... A recognized name yeah like you know you've got like your, your spielbergs and your tarantinos and your scorsese are like yeah. people their household names as directors mm-hmm. and i feel like paul thomas anderson is the guy that's like he's kind of like this generation's kubrick where it's like mm-hmm. 10 years 10 or so years from now he's going to be the one everyone's like oh dude this guy's a freaking genius you know yeah. what i mean like look at the movies that he made mm-hmm. and he's got such a solid filmography like yeah. just a solid catalog so this yeah. is the thing you guys might disagree but if you're comparing PTA to Nolan, when I look at Paul Thomas Anderson, I see crafts like a master, a ma- what do you what should I say? Like a, a master craftsman, craftsman yeah. of direction, uh, storytelling, fucking cinematography now. Um, completely two different styles of yeah, filmmakers. But when you look at Nolan, all I see is the movies he makes. Do you know, do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. and I think Paul Thomas Anderson just shits all over him. I don't what's, have to disagree. Do you know what's interesting about that though is that because I'm just doing you do you know I do a little bit of reading before I do these podcasts, but I'm I often read about Paul Thomas Anderson in my spare time anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, he did like his list of 35 must-watch movies, uh, and Dunkirk was on there. Yeah, because he was like, he reckons that Chris Nolan is like a master 
like a master craftsman like you just said and yeah. he thinks that like he's like this generation's hitchcock and he said that he seems like more like that yeah for and sure he, yeah. he said i was in cin- i was in Dun- in the cinema watching dunkirk going how the fuck did he do that yeah <laughs> like with different secrets it's just interesting yeah. to hear different people talk about I, I, I just, stuff I, like that. I, I just I, say that yeah i oh before i forget yeah I just feel... I know what you're saying though. Like, Yeah, like Paul Thomas Anderson, like his movies, I think they flow much, a lot like a lot better where where it's like the way the way Nolan's movies are edited and the way they're shot, to me, it does this look a bit disjointed? I think what, it's, it's like, I think, it's too I think, raw. I think what you're seeing is, and this is not something that everyone would say. Sorry, Reese, I'm distracting yeah, from your point again. But like, so you like movies, you watch a lot of movies, right? So for people like you and me who do do that, Someone who makes movies like Paul Thomas Anderson is just delightful because you are getting just works. You're, you're watching it, and, and it, it's, they're the kind of movies that one sitting you're not going to get everything, and yeah. that's the way they're designed. Like you, you can watch There Will Be Blood a hundred times, oh, and you'll man. still find yeah. new themes and bits and pieces in there. But there's, you don't you don't notice the cuts in his movies. I know, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, he uses a lot more long takes mm. and things. He also shoots a lot. Well, Nolan shoots quite tight as yeah, well. Yeah, it's I don't also like about feel, how you watch it. I feel uncomfortable yeah. when I watch his movies. It just, there's something there. It's I don't know. When I look at it, like he's got amazing stories and I love it how he pushes, you know, the, the whole time thing. And he's the only one doing that, which is yeah. awesome. And I, that's, a, that's a feat in itself. But if we're comparing it against other directors, I don't think he's as strong as like, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson or Spielberg or... Yeah, well, I, yeah that's... It might be a fair point. I think yeah. also I've grappled with this myself before, mm. and I've sort of, I've, I've gone on the roller coaster of being like, oh, you know, when I was in film school, I loved Chris Nolan. I wanted all my stuff to look like Chris Nolan. I was trying to write like Chris Nolan, and then mm. I came out of that stupor, and I was like, you know, I expanded myself a little bit more and was watching mm. other people, and because that was for my love of the Dark Knight. Cause, you know, that Dark Knight came out when I was eighteen, so yeah. it was a very seminal movie for me. Mm. But then you go down, you sort of go, oh, Chris, not, you know, you go through <laughs> and you go, oh, maybe he's not that good. Maybe I don't like him that much. Mm. And then I've sort of come full circle now. I'm not to the point where I want everything I do to look like him, but I'm like, no, Chris Nolan is really good. I think part of the problem with Chris Nolan is he's, he's just so popular now mm. that you hear more about him than you do about. And it's, I was mentioning this, well, I said this on the Joker one. That it's like my biggest frustration sometimes is that some of these other people who do amazing work just aren't appreciated. Mm. For what they do yeah like you know phantom fred was in like a basically like we were so, taking out like a back alley to watch it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. it's insane it was, man yeah like, yeah. this is an amazing this is an incredibly well-crafted which movie. is crazy yeah. because if you it. think about it look it's, i know it's not set in the same period but it has the same type of feelings as a well you know maybe not but vibe that how it comes off as a movie that is like set in the 1800s yeah, where it's yeah. like it has that same type of vibe where it's like these beautiful locations yeah uh, almost like you know things that are part of like uh what's it called the royal family yeah type of feel what's like, that? it's yeah, yeah it's like 50s like i said that horde culture like that's yeah what it's, yeah it's, it's so about being proper and prim you know? i mean fucking downton abbey came out yeah. <laughs> everybody liked that so i don't know why this movie didn't hit that yeah, audience strange. real I hard just, i just like think, <laughs> i just i think that the way i sort of look at it is like this is the way i sort of see paul thomas anderson's films and there's other directors too that do the same sort of thing like mm. Uh, even, you know, like Soderbergh when he makes the movies that he wants to make is like yeah. this but he also was he also was clever in doing movies that would 
gain popularity mm. like Ocean's Eleven and things like or that. Or Magic yeah. Mike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he would do one for, like he, he said, one for them, one for one me. For me. That's, yeah. um, Paul doesn't do that. He just fucking good, goes, I'm doing it for Good musicians do that as well. Yeah, exactly. They'll make an album and put two hits on it yeah. and make the rest for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I see it as like, you know, like this is a bit of an analogy, but you know, like drinking scotch, right? Mm. It's like drinking scotch the, like the, the way that is like meant to be done with no ice or water or anything. And mm. First time you do it. Because yeah, I've... I, it's, <laughs> it's horseshit. You're just like, oh, the fuck does anyone do this? This yeah. is rubbish. You know, give me a beer or whatever. Yeah. But then you, 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 you read a bit about it. You, you start to learn about all the work that goes into making scotch mm. and like the flavors and all the like all the little intricacies that go into it and then you go oh actually like this you start drinking it more and you mm. get used to it and then you know eventually you're like man i, can't, I only want to drink it straight and i only want to experience mm. all this stuff i sort of see his movies like that in a way it's like yeah all the best things in life are an acquired taste mm. and that's what this sort of is the first time you watch like mm. like boogie nights is more mainstream that one yeah. you can watch no that's, matter. that's still a master but something piece, something like the master or there will be blood even like yeah. I, some some people are going to watch well, that and go like, is definitely yeah, like- <laughs> exactly yeah. but yeah. i've spoken to people that and they've and i've like recommended it and then they go well I, like i don't know if i liked there will be blood and i'm like okay and then you ask them but you, yeah. you have to push them and you go like yeah. well what, what didn't you like about it? and they're like i just don't know if anything happened like like what happened like it just seemed like he didn't really grow and i'm like well yeah he didn't grow and i'm like that's but like <laughs> like how did like you know how did you feel about that? And then they start. Breaking you realize they've actually been thinking about this movie for the two days since they've watched it, and yeah. then they themselves go, "Oh shit, man!" Like, yeah, I've been thinking about this movie heaps and like what it said, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's what these movies do." Like, yeah. you're meant to. Yeah. It's not just like a fun little thrill mm. ride. You're meant to be questioning and going like, "What is this trying to say?" Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's they funny. go and watch all these movies, and they're like, "Fuck, man, this guy's yeah. great." And that's that's the difference <laughs> between a film and a movie. It is. It yeah. is yeah. for sure, and that's why like a lot of the time, this is why I. You know, I know a bit off topic because it's been a while now, but I'll disagree with you with Nolan. Only because of the fact that I think that they're two very different filmmakers. They are very different. And I think that Nolan, uh, yeah. as, as I said last time, he likes to uh, work within the bounds of an idea more than working within the bounds of a character yeah, he or does. a story. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's just a different style. Yeah. And yeah. I think, yeah, sure, there is more so a, as as maybe Declan put it, a palette for mm. for something like Paul Thomas Anderson. It's more relatable. You can connect to it. Mm. A person can connect to it because it's a it's a person that they're, he more so enjoys to explore mm. more than anything. Yeah. But I think that that doesn't defeat the purpose that Nolan does it almost as well but in a completely different way i think nolan is a, i think he's incredible yeah, like yeah. i'm not i'm not, not putting like down a, yeah. like i, I can see what bad, you mean though but like the, I, the leveling of of director the the ability to do what paul thomas anderson does i think fewer people can do that than what even nolan does yeah yeah oh he's he's one in a million yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All those, all look, all those guys that are directing now in, in Hollywood, they're all amazing. But by, I, I'm looking at no, it I'm from like one in five hundred million, maybe. Oh, questionable like, battle. <laughs> well, okay. The the hard yards you've got to do to get to where that is, that's an achievement in itself. Yeah. But the way I, I'm seeing it is from more of a, a technical point. Yeah. And more of a like a canvas. Mm. And to me, 
Paul Thomas Anderson is just way better. Well, I it's, think it's, he it's enjoys. Just, sorry, it's you go. You. Uh, I, I was going to say is I think he does enjoy to get to the technical aspects. He does. He, en- he enjoys fiddling with those things as well. And I think Nolan does it as well, but he's got more of this weird it's, purist mentality yeah, he's, where he's he, like, just give me 70 mil. Yeah. And you're like, okay, man. I mean, like, well, it's but, the same. They, they have a like, close friendship because of their love for celluloid films. That's yeah, right. I'm, I'm, and that, but again, saying, not, like, yeah, yeah. not dissing that. That's, yeah, why, that's I think actually, it's cool. I actually found, that's why him and, I think that's one of the reasons that him and uh, Robert Elswit, he's, yeah. 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 they, they yeah. don't work together anymore. Because I, I think that Paul, I think Paul Thomas, I can imagine he's quite a stubborn dude on set. Yeah. And, it's oh, like, yeah. and also, if he if he is like able to produce, I know he had a team with him, but yeah. if he's able to produce cinematography like this yeah. without a cinematographer, yeah. you would be fucking clashing heads because you've got two people that are really good at what they do, yeah, yeah. wanting to do like little different it's, things. This yeah. is, and what I was going to say at the start. Sorry to interrupt one more time, Dan. I think this is in my top five movies of best looking movies. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's it's insane to think yeah. that he wrote this, <laughs> yeah. directed it, and did and all the lighting and like it, selection of camera shots. With a team of people, yes, but fucking mental. Because yeah. this whole movie has such a look where the impurities of the film, the like all everything to do with it, just the whole look of it, the yeah. the pull of the contrast. I don't know, man. Shit like this gets me going. This is what we're talking about. When we reviewed Tenet, right? I wasn't happy with the cinematography. When, since he lost that guy, um, Wally. After, yeah, Wally Fister, his work hasn't looked the same. It just feels too industrial and raw and erratic. It's very like, I would mm. say that. It's the, not pretty. I would say that since Wally left, it's been. Nolan's movies have been very, very like high contrast. Like the contrast is just. It's really saturated S- and contrasted. Blue. Yeah, it's, yeah. But it's hard it's to blue. It's, yeah. hard, it's hard to see. So I don't think there's much of a thought process behind of what I think is in a frame. There's a there lot of thought there, there, Yeah, there would be. But Especially with, yet again, but, back to Nolan and concepts. Yeah. yeah. The thought process is the concept. Yet yeah, again, but like it's... Less the cinematography. It's just, it's just really... I don't know. There's something there that I, I can't put my... If, I'm, you know, if I study it, then I'll, I'll see it. But if you had, you know... It's hard to explain, but I just I don't know. I just think his movies can be better, right? From a from a look point of view, mm-hmm. um, and I think and I think that's what that's what ruled me with the score on on Tenet because oh. it's it it was it was to me it was just hard to watch sometimes because as a cinematographer, you want people to know where they're looking at yeah. by contrast yeah. of colors yeah, and light. Yeah. And he doesn't have that in his, in his new movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well, what annoys me. The uh, so I'm going. I'm pretty picky. But, I do yeah. think that no, one of Nolan's best movies, and it would have been better if the film had a better cinematographer. Memento, I think yeah. Memento is a beautiful film, mm. and a really see that is the closest film I've seen to Nolan doing an actual proper character piece. Yeah, I don't even think Batman, which will be. Soon. We'll be doing soon. I think, yeah, I think Batman I think, Begins is the closest, and then just it, it's just a villain fest after that. Like yeah. every all Batman, yeah. Stuff but ends I, up becoming- I don't even think I think Memento is goes deeper than that because it's a, a normal human being, because yeah. it's like a, a character that you know you want to know his past and dig into his past. Mm. Uh, I feel like that is more intriguing to me. I think Batman is fantastic because we get as we'll go into it, we get a very solid base mm. for batman where it's like build upon this and you're like okay <laughs> you know like that's perfect you've done it perfect yeah can't get any better foundation mm. uh but i do think memento if if he had a budget with memento which obviously it's one of his first movies yeah. 
if he had had the budget to have someone who was a really good cinematographer in that, mm. I think it would have been a gorgeous mm. film. Yeah. And um, he's back to your, you know, you know Nolan Lozzi's 70 mil gadgets, right? Yeah. Again, compare his look of films to Tarantino's look of films. Yet again, not a different good. style. Yeah, I know, but I, that's what I'm saying. That's what just gets me. That's why it, it comes into my rating system. It's good to me. I've got to feel like I'm there, and it's just I mean, that, yeah. that pulls me out of Nolan's films. I don't well, know that's like that. Like Paul Thomas Anderson is strict to doing film still as well, and that's yeah. I think that's what I was listening when I gather. Robert Elswit was kind of saying like I started being like man if we were shooting you know on an Alexa you know an Ari Alexa yeah we'd we'd be able to just do this with it and adjust this we wouldn't have to fuck around so much on yeah. set yeah like doing this shit and he was just like no way man we're always doing chemical I'm never not doing chemical and yeah. I think that was just like well I I I'm a I wish I had learnt the process of chemical yeah. because I do believe that it is a better looking medium. Mm. That's just me. I yeah. think that like, I think that yes, we have more ability to do things with digital, but just looking at what we watched this week with Phantom Thread, yeah. the look of that, I think a part what of film- did shoot on? I didn't actually look up what I think a part of film is the impurities. The impurities of a shot makes it almost like it's like a tactile thing. It's like it's in front of you. Yeah. So when you see that the gr- it, and I know they're like you know you can put nah, you put a I grain s- in front of nah. the digital, but like, it's, it's all, not it's, the same. It's organic. I'd rather not. I'd rather just if I'd, when I watch digital stuff, I'd rather it just be like coloured cleanly like and not put that artificial grain over it. Yeah. Like, like even like the way you know the way that like nineteen seventeen that's all shot digital. I love the way that movie looked, and they didn't yeah. try to put a grain on no. it. Yeah. But this one had the grain. Yeah. It was just yeah. within. It just was in the movie. The it was film part of the yeah. film, and yeah. that's what made it enjoyable for me did I, you watch it in 4k i have a weird fucking i watched it in 4k for, for a bit of grain and it was like <laughs> i was just like fuck film has some detail it's i get shocked every yeah, time man. i watch yeah. like, i think they can scan it up to something ridiculous I, I remember it when i was when i was doing cinematography class mm. i remember they said that some like 35 mil film mm. or 32 mil 35 mil film is something like would be the digital equivalent it's like 12k or something 32k or something yeah yeah, yeah. it's that's way it's higher it's yeah. and then when you get to 70 mils yeah. it's something like that's 45 50. that's yeah. what my uh, my insane. teacher said that he because he's actually done a bit of work in hollywood now as yeah. like a camera assistant he said that um he got he went to a thing the guy i can't remember his name he's an australian cinematographer that did um master and commander yep did the cinematography for that that was nice he said he brought the master reel that they edited from like the actual master role of film so the originals and he said he said it was like fucking crazy how how much like better it looked than what we were seeing in cinemas yeah and then he said it fucking the film role burnt Oh, oh and, that, and that'll burn really quick too. yeah with the <laughs> chemical. after it finished oh. projecting it burnt oh Fuck. oh man that's painful <laughs> yeah man <laughs> um he oh, used a panavision <laughs> used a panavision panaflex millennium x12 uh, or x12 I don't know. It's X. Uh, it seems like it has a one in it. Yeah, we've got real, we've gotten real film nerds and and, uh, and a Panavision <laughs> Ultra Speed. It deserves it. Yeah. It's a piece Z of series Mark II lenses. Yeah. Those Z's, fucking yeah. lenses were beautiful. Good. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I I mean, we did go full nerd, but I just want to like preface with what you said before the whole fine Scotch type yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, as uh, both people that. Uh, 
really enjoy film and get into that and film students. Yeah. We have this thing where, you know, going and watching something like this is your sip of that beautiful scotch. Yeah, yeah man. I'm not I'm not against having a, a, a shelf, just a, a bottom shelf scotch. No, <laughs> I no, like no, it. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no! If I'm, and, if I'm out with friends, yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have like you know gin and tonic, or I'm gonna have beers yeah. and stuff like that. But when it's, it's a certain situation alone yeah. for a scotch, and, you know? and that's what yeah. I'm saying with with film. I think a lot of the time with everyone, we want to get on the level with everyone. Sure, this podcast maybe didn't, <laughs> but because I, I think we've hit that fine wine or yeah. that fine but scotch. If anything, but if anything, like maybe someone will listen to this and try and. Get into this sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, have a yeah. sip. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do I'm, think I'm more of an Amer- American honey person myself. But yeah, <laughs> Baby. wow, that is the that is the lowest. <laughs> that is. I haven't got that acquired taste yet. <laughs> next time, next time we'll just get you. What's it called? We'll just get you. A, I've had uh, like, what's it? Lafrag? What's it called? Had we'll just get you a fucking cruiser because it's sweet as that anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> but guava cruiser. Yeah, guava yeah. cruises. Uh, yeah, just I think that this film, you know, I think we should wrap it up. But yeah. I think this film, uh, if I'll, I'll give my take first, I, I think the actual acting, every, everything to do with it technically is, I, I don't want to say a masterpiece because it, it, it is in its own right. It yeah. says it itself. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, it is. But it is in its own right. It's It doesn't have to have anyone t- say that. You can watch 10 minutes of this movie and you're like, oh, yeah, no, this is fucking above and beyond what mm. anything is coming out these days. Mm. Uh, I'm not like the biggest Paul Thomas Anderson fan, but I'm not someone I can generally appreciate it to the highest, you know, like the fine scotch. Mm. It's like I'd rather something peaty, but, you know, in this sense, you know, I'm not going to go against just the single malt. Well, but it's <laughs> a lot of analogies. PD is about as like fancy as you can get. I know. I, I like the PD, but yeah. like you know. But I'm saying like there's two different types. Oh, I got you. Yeah, so yeah. like you know, I like PD, but the other people might like you know just yeah. a, a normal you know type of type of taste. A lowlands. A yeah. Lowlands are barley. Yeah, just something something. <laughs> Uh, generally enjoyable <laughs> so, so confusing so to everyone uh, yeah but I, I do think that like no matter what whenever I watch a Paul Thomas Anderson movie I will walk out of it and go holy shit yeah. like that is something I have never seen and I don't think I'll ever experience from another director ever again Yeah, and I look forward to his next movie every single time some kind of um, some movie set in the 70s with Bradley Cooper in it Bradley Cooper's good, man. He's, he's good. good. Yeah. But yeah. he's no Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> yeah, but I'm no sad. one's Daniel Day-Lewis, man. I'm sad, man. I when, wish he, gets, he can get You know what I was going to say before? Daniel Day-Lewis in Gangs of New York completely embodies that fucking character. Butcher. Yeah. Well, he's he incredible. Is, he, when you see him there, you, and he's just that? like... Yeah. And he's, he's so got like his frown cool. and the little mo, and yeah. he's just like... And he's drooling and shit. Oh, fuck, he's so yeah, good. Man. Okay, anyway. That's <laughs> one for the future, I think. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to give this movie easy an 8.5 out of 10. And I think that it would change on, a, on any given day. Mm. This is one of those movies where... It's hard where, to score. Well, sometimes I think I'd watch this movie and be like, seven. And then other times I think I'd watch this movie yeah. and be like, nine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird... It, all Paul Thomas Anderson films to me have that. Mm. that. If I watch There Will Be Blood on the wrong day... Yeah. It will not come out as the score see, that I... See, I've never had a bad time yeah, watching Boogie Nights. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's funny you say that because I just watched this yesterday and I had to save 
a good two hours where I wasn't interrupted because I knew this was going to require my full attention span. Mm. Mm. And man, I might just do my recap now. I'll uh, finish it off. Pretty much agree with exactly what you guys said. Um, I've got nothing else to say, but I'm probably going to give it a nine out of ten. Yeah. 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 We've we've, we've smashed it all. Just your final thoughts. Yeah, I think that this. I think your love for Paul Thomas Anderson, Declan. <laughs> um, no, I, I like it's with someone like him. It's hard. I think I might have said this before, but it's hard not to sort of think about how this sits in the rest of his body of work. When you think about a director like this, who makes such specific movies um, that are unique to only he can do it, and things like that. Mm. This is really, really good. But this movie is great. But I still, for me. Um, I I think the master and there will be blood might just sit above it and this mm, might sort yeah. of be the third one. Yeah. But like I said, I think this one and Boogie Nights are probably Boogie Nights way more so, but they're probably the most accessible to newcomers mm. to him. Mm. The master don't what though? <laughs> yeah, for you the master. It's a great. Like, it's it's an amazing mar- movie. But master, like, that's like a ten out of ten. No, but I would say that like it's not an easy for someone to just sit down and get into. No it. way. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a thick film. And, yeah. and if you want to see two amazing actors in in that movie, oh, yeah. watch that. Yeah. Well, yeah, here's, here's a, yeah. a a little question for both of you, because I think one, I kind of feel like it's gonna you're gonna say exactly what you're gonna say, Declan, mm. with what you just said, because you have such a love for this director. But what would you say is the most enjoyable out of the movies you've seen, Daniel Day Lewis film you've watched? Daniel Day Lewis film is most enjoyable. Well, the maybe I, I, easily accessed one you would watch if someone gave you ten Daniel Day Lewis films or something. Yeah, Dan, gangs which of, would, gangs in New York. I'd that'd, say that would be, that'd the, be the easiest, the most think, accessible. Or Last of the Mohicans. Yeah, I would, if, yeah, if we're just yeah. talking about pure, like, sit down and enjoy it, probably yeah. Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. yeah. Good score to that, too. He's good score. Yeah. Michael Mann, isn't it? That yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's, I think that's the most, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of Daniel Dale's, Lincoln's good, but I don't know if uh, I really want to watch that movie again because I saw it once and I was nah, like, yeah, he's, good. Yeah, yeah, he's incredible on that, but it was, it's a hard sit, especially so that we're, we're, <laughs> we don't know much of the It's like three hours, isn't it? History. Yeah. But, um, uh, I'm, say, I'm yet to watch Assassination and Jesse James by the Coward, Robert Ford as well. Oh, man. <sighs> that was a mouthful. Good movie. Yeah, but I, I'd, I'd like to put those two. Imagine doing that and then Lincoln back to back. Fuck me. Yeah. If, uh, <laughs> if you... There will be blood. I think that's got a, that's got a good range from Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. And there's... um, You know yeah. um, you know Paul Blart, Mallcop, what's his name? Uh, Kevin James. Yeah. Kevin James. Have you seen his Sound Guy YouTube channel? No. Oh, it's pretty funny. He's like he plays like a sound guy, yeah. and they superimpose him onto different movies. Yeah, <laughs> and it, they basically put him as a character in the movie. And there's a heaps good one. Um, if you watch it, it's of there will be blood. You know when he, I think when he bludgeons to death a kid in the bowling alley. Is it there? Oh yeah. <laughs> Spoilers for there will be blood. I know. Oh, yeah. Well, we what <laughs> well, we spoil, said right, at the start we spoil things. Yes, yeah. but Kevin James is like they're having a break, and you know when Daniel Day Lewis is just resting. Yeah. Yeah, it says it's that, and you actually see the sound guy in there, and they're just having a full conversation. It's, <laughs> it plays out. It's like they've they've done it so well, man. Yeah. You got to watch it. It's pretty funny. I'm gonna have they, to look that. That sounds great. They need to go for like you know two minutes or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's called the sound guy. Check it out. Yeah. Sound guy, definitely check it out. Um, let's get quickly into the facts. I finish this up real quick. Um, you want to give us the facts? Actually, I, I, for fuck's sake, I don't bro. know. Come I, on, come on. One job. <laughs> it's all good. Like Bring us the facts just generally. you got to still well, you know, bring us them. I will throw you into the facts, but the fact that you've berated me 
and I didn't ask to be berated, is just sitting with me now. The distraction is still sitting with me here in the room. You know, is it like the scraping of? Is it like the scraping of butter and bread on toast? You know, is it, you know, the fact remains. You've said throw to the factories, and I didn't want to, and now you're making me do it, yeah. and it's still sitting here annoying me. Yes, yes, Mister Woodcock. <laughs> How good was that scene? Eh? What a bastard! damn it. <laughs> Factoids, factoids, giving you these factoids. Put it in a rap, boys. Something with some crap noise. All right. Um, obviously, $35 million budget uh, and a cumulative worldwide gross of only $47.7 million. But it made it back. Made it back. Yeah, made some, and it made a little few dollars on top, <laughs> which is good. Um, direct, here you go. You're right. Director's... Um, Paul Thomas Anderson, his wife is Maya Rudolph. That was the whole uh, idea behind the tenderness yeah. moment. Uh, in preparation for the film, Daniel Day-Lewis watched archival footage of 1940s and 50s fashion shows, studied famous designers, consulted with the curator of fashion and textiles at the Victoria and Albert Museum in London, and apprenticed under Mark Happel, head of the costume department at the New York City Ballet. Yeah, fuck that guy puts effort into his job. Yeah, man. He also <laughs> learned how to sew... And he practiced on his wife, Rebecca Miller, trying to recreate a Balenciaga sheath dress that was inspired by a school uniform. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Daniel Day-Lewis and Leslie Mann became friends in real life. And they actually, for six months before the film, got to know each other. So he was in London. um, No, what was it? Um, Manville lived in London and Lewis in New York. Mm. Between um, Oh, he jumps between Ireland and New York. Mm. He has two homes. But he would text her every day mm. and they would text each other back regularly through the day to become more closer as siblings for the film. Oh, well, yeah. well, I mean, they're, they're both incredible in it. I think yeah. she's, she's really, good, really good in it. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. fantastic. I also yeah. like Vicky Creeps who plays Alma. I think she is lost in it, but she's great too. But. Mm. <laughs> well, when she first met, I'll tell you in a bit... Uh, her face I, I guess we'll changing get to it. Shirt maybe, yeah. mm-hmm. But she has a thing where she first meets him. I'll tell you in a moment. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson uh, disputed reports that he served as his own cinema photographer. Here you go. Stating that while no director of photography was hired, he collaborated with and was advised by his camera operators and gaffers. Yeah. Since he does not have the technical expertise of a cinematographer. Mm. That's, I think that's nice that he... he the importance of teamwork. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, the, here you go. This is interesting. So, you know how there was that woman that had the dress and she was like a the drunk, the, yeah, the drunk. Yeah. I can never remember her name. Um, this, here's a bit about her husband and where that character came from. They took a lot of oh, things the in this Republic film. Republic guy, yeah? yeah. Yeah. So a Spanish fashion designer, uh, oh no, that was, that's down the bottom further. Is it? Yeah. Oh, here you go. The, the character of Rubio Guerrero is based on the real-life Dominican playboy Porfirio Rubirosa, or Ruby. Mm. His marriage to the character of Barbara Rose is also, there you go, Barbara, is Barbara? Rose, That's is also based on the short-lived factual marriage from Rubirosa and Woolworth heiress, Barbara Hutton. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Um. The Spanish fashion designer Cristobal uh, Balenciaga relation with his work and the way he led his life with director Chris, um, Paul Thomas Anderson's words, monastic monastic life inspired the character of Woodcock. Now, this, this is interesting. There was a, a, a character that they talked about um, within 
an interview. So I watched a couple of interviews before we did this. And it's a character called Bo Brummel. He was an arbiter of men's fashion and he was a huge part of the character of Woodcock. Um, He was actually uh, the type of guy who would get up in the morning and it would take him two and a half hours to get dressed. (laughs) Wow. I can imagine that with the ridiculous outfits that Woodcock wears. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, it was back in like, the 1800s, yeah. late mm. 1800s, early You'd 1900s. You'd hate to get up. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the name Woodcock was a joke between the two of them. They had a good laugh about it. They thought yeah, it was funny. funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the shooting of this film actually uh, completed on April 26, 2017. And it was uh, the day that Paul Thomas Anderson's close friend and mentor, Jonathan Demme, passed away. Oh, the oh. Sansa Lambs director. Yeah, yeah, and that's why yeah. the film is actually uh, dedicated to him. Oh. Yeah, right. Yeah. He actually had this thing where I watched the interview. He says, oh, I know that Demi." he goes, Demi passed away on the last day. And it, he goes, it hurt me. But I knew that I could, I could almost hear him talking to me. Wow. Since we had so many ideas of the ghost within the movie, he goes, mm. I almost heard him say to me, Hey, you know, Paul, we got to finish the movie, man. We got to finish the movie. Hmm. So he goes, that pushed me to, to, you know, get the last few shots out of the day. Hmm. Uh, many of the staff of the Woodcock Quarter house, as well as other bit parts, are played not by professional actors, but by real seamstresses yeah, and you purses can, you connected can tell. to the fashion <laughs> yeah. world. Yeah. 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 But yeah, a lot of them were people that when they went and did the research... Hmm. They actually were like, hey, do you guys want to be in it? <laughs> so, yeah, in the middle of actually doing that, they would, they would grab them. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson would often muse that the film existed in the same universe as Jonathan Lynn's Clue from 1985, <laughs> a favorite of his <clears throat> as a teen. Uh, the typeface. This was interesting because this was a big part of the Reynolds character as well. The typeface used for the credits is called Reynolds Stone, and it was created by English wood engraver, typographer, and designer Reynolds Stone, who was a close friend of Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, wow. Like a really close friend. Far out. Um, He loves craftsmanship like that, doesn't he? Well, the wood engraving, he actually owns uh, several of his wood engravings and has them on his walls. Yeah, right. And in a really cool, really, really cool interview... Uh, this woman gets up and says, I could see that you have the typeface of uh, Reynolds Stone. And he goes, yes, how did you know? He goes, you know, I, he goes, it's a, a, you know, we were trying to keep that quiet. And she goes, also, I can see in some of the scenes, you have some of his, his engravings in the background. Oh, and he goes, he goes, oh, really? And he goes, also, I'm his great granddaughter. Oh, in, the, in the thing, she goes, is that? And he goes, is that you? He goes, I want to talk to you later on. He goes, uh-huh. also, I think we should probably settle up with how much this is going to cost me since we didn't, you know, pay for the rights to the fonts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, goes, he, goes, he goes, well, we'll settle it. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, he's, um, he said he used to actually remember running around in the village that he was, he lived in yeah, and seeing this guy engraving Far out, out in the, in the village. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so that's why a part of it is why his name is Reynolds, hmm. Reynolds Woodcock. Uh, Creep's character was originally named Agnes for various reasons. Uh, this un- proved unsatisfactory. The new name was either suggested by Creeps to Anderson because Alma was the name of Alfred Hitchcock's wife 
Alma reveal. Oh. Yeah. Um, pretty much that's it. There's a, there's another part here that says, okay, well, this is interesting. The the Reynolds character had a Bristol 405. That was the car that he drove, yep. which was really weird. I had someone say to me, he goes, oh, is that a, um, oh, what's the Bond car? Aston Martin. Aston Martin. Aston, is that an Aston Martin? It looks more like a Jag to me. But... Yeah, yeah. Or MG or something yeah. like that. But no, it's a Bristol. And it's used in several other films. Um, an education. It's a really cool car. Yeah. Crooked house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and finally, I think a really interesting fact, the type of mushroom Alma used mm. to poison Reynolds is most likely an om- Omphalitus olarius. Omphalitus olarius, commonly known as the jack-o'-lantern, often mistaken for uh, chanterelle mushrooms. While not deadly, jack-o'-lanterns do cause severe nausea and diarrhea. Mm, there you go. So that would be the closest to the type of mushroom. Yeah. And that's it. That's all your facts. They are, they he and they Daniel Day Lewis and PJ lived together for a little bit while they wrote this film too. I believe they did. Yeah, working with yeah. him in Ireland and everything. Yeah. Well, it was like um, I think also PTA ended up sitting down and writing a lot of the movie with a friend. He would go to a cafe and sit down, and his friend would give him idea. No, I'm thinking of another director. I'm thinking yeah. of Guy Ritchie. Yeah, Guy think- Ritchie would sit down with uh-huh. with his friend at a cafe, and they wrote The Gentleman together. Yeah, okay, that's, yeah. That's because he was just like, he was just sitting there, and he would go, we came up with like ideas, yeah. <laughs> and we liked it. The fashion in that movie, I had, when I finished that movie, I was like, fuck, I just want to buy some of that shit. Yeah. All um, right. Do you want a Daniel Day-Lewis method story? Yes, please. Give us going method with Daniel Day-Lewis. Pretty relevant today, too. I know, isn't it? right? Um, yeah, it's Last of the Mohicans mm. in classic Daniel Day-Lewis fashion, did a bit of research and work to get into his role. So he would he would go and like camp in the wilderness without anything except a knife for like a couple of days and things like that. What the fuck? <laughs> learned, learned, to, learned, to, learned to skin animals and hunt and he learned to shoot a flintlock while on the run. Wow. Like an actual flintlock and carried that flintlock from the movie everywhere with him mm-hmm. even to family christmas dinner <laughs> wow <laughs> holy shit what an animal <laughs> <laughs> just the fact that he went out in the in the fucking jungle for, <laughs> for like the forest for a couple of days with just a knife did he bring a tent at least? Uh, I, he would have had to bring I, I shelter. I like to think that he didn't. I, just, I, I want to keep it as vague as I can. Yeah. <laughs> he, he learned some shit and was like, fuck, I have a crack. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, I, I think that's Lewis. probably some of the reasons why he's given up. Yeah, I think he's, he's tired. Yeah, yeah. He just needs... Uh, no, right now he's just... He's just being poisoned by the mushrooms. He'll be back. No, he'll be back. <laughs> and on that note, I think we should... Should say goodbye. You've been listening to our review of The Phantom Thread. Uh, this is Spoil Radio. I am Reese. This is Dan. I'm Declan, and you're never cursed. <laughs> and you have a good week. Respect. Respect.